Welcome to the Wonder Women Tech Show, where we highlight, celebrate, and amplify women in BIPOC voices. We're bringing Wonder Women Tech to the airwaves. I'm your host, Lisa Mae Brunson. It's Lisa Mae Brunson with the Wonder Women Tech Show. I am so excited today because I get to sit down with someone who I feel is just absolutely amazing. She has spoken at the Wonder Women Tech National Conferences. She's done so much magic in the world. She has created an amazing career for herself. She is the Vice President of Quality Engineering. Quality Emphasis on Quality Engineering at Weed Maps. It's so great to have you here, Victoria. How are you? Oh my goodness, Mama. Thank you for having me. This has been phenomenal to be able to be part of something so powerful that you created. And most importantly, I want to thank you for giving an opportunity and platform to speak about a lot of things. Every time I speak in a conference, I come back like excited driven, emotional. It's, it's just so amazing to meet so many people and so many women and hear about their stories. So this is the work that you do. It's phenomenal. So, so I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. And really, really, really excited to have conversations with you and dialogue with you as well today. Oh, thank you so much. I know. Isn't it amazing? Like every time that I have a conference and I get to meet all of these people and my speakers are amazing. They are so inspiring. And I walk away feeling like I can take on the world. Like you just have this new lease in life where you're already doing great things, but you just want to be like Wonder Woman herself. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God. I feel the same way. It's just inspiring to that authentic connection, that energy. If you want to do more, you want to give more, you want to be more. I love it. So, you know, we want to learn about you. Like, tell us, how did you come to be the vice president of quality engineering for Weed Maps? Like, I want to hear a little bit about your story. You know, we, we, it sounds like you've come from another place. So I'd love to hear about, you know, how you got started. Oh, gosh. It's, uh, it's a long journey, a long journey away from home, for sure. And uh, I'm born and raised in Ukraine oh. and went to high school there, graduated with my technical degree from University of Ukraine, and then I immigrated to the United States. My journey took me down to San Francisco. I was working in Silicon Valley at that time. Once I started speaking English, it was like uh, at that time it was dot com expansion, so there's a lot of uh, technical jobs were available in the market, so I got lucky that way. So was and this like in, in, in 1999, <laughs> when everything was amazing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I lived there, I lived in the Bay Area at that time. Yeah, it was so cool, and then I started working and I started learning it. It's, it's a lot of new learning, of course, a lot of understanding how corporate work, our culture works how process work, why 
uh, delivery pipeline looks like. Learning was pretty much key for few first years of the career that I started. Mm. And, and that, that's how it all began for me. And I started working a little bit, uh, worked for several startups, and then I got an opportunity uh, to try a different company down in Pasadena. Uh, in the LA area and uh, moved down there because of opportunity, interest in the company. And then I moved to Orange County and kind of been in Orange County for quite a time because of gosh, how can you beat this weather? You know, it's just a tough. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Orange County, California. Who doesn't want to be in the OC? <laughs> it's a dream come true. And, you know, so the journey is like, over time, I was not sure if I'm going to stay, I'm going to go back home or I'm going to do something else. I wasn't sure, but at a certain time, it's like that feeling that I got, this is home. This is home. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to stay. And uh, my parents, of course, were hoping that maybe I will come back at a certain point of time, go back home because they miss me. But... When I told them, no, I'm staying, and this is this is home for me, they were it was uh, bittersweet for them. They were happy for me, uh, and at the same time, uh, they were say, hey, we're gonna see you here, here little, and that was that was that's the only thing that's very very hard in this situation. So I don't I didn't get a chance to spend as much time with them as I could have. Yeah, I mean it's always challenging when you're, you know leaving a country, coming to a new country, creating an impact in, in the Bay Area, you know, Silicon Valley in its heyday. And then you come to Southern California where it's just getting started. How did you end up in an industry that, you know, because let's be real, you know, the cannabis industry is sort of controversial. It's new. It's up and coming. It's been around for a while, but it's, it's still an industry that is, I mean, there's so much potential for growth. So what attracted you to Weed Maps? That's a really, really good question. So my career prior to Weed Maps been, as I mentioned, handful of startups. And then I worked also for Fortune 500 companies like Ticketmaster, Simmons, Comcast, NBC Universal. And I made career there very successfully and got nominated as a top 100 female executives for my efforts in diversity and leadership. Ooh, and it was nice. Exciting, stellar career. And uh, at certain point, um, I felt like I need a change. I need a change. I need to do something different. I need to do something new. I need to figure out where I can make the most impact, something exciting. And when I started looking for new opportunities, Widmaps came along. And in the beginning, I was um, really thinking about, I'm like, okay, there's cannabis industry. It's, uh, it's a lot of stigma associated with it. And I was a little bit nervous to change career to Widmaps in, in the beginning. However, when I came aboard, when I met the team, when I saw the mission that team stands behind, when I saw the, the, the leadership team, it was no doubt that this is the place I want to be. And that's number one. And number two, I'm like, 
where do I believe I can come in, make the most impact, deliver value, and having fun and rewarding experience while I'm doing this, where I just I feel that I can make a difference. And that was the place. And cannabis, of course, is the industry that the more I learn about this, the more I, I had to educate myself a lot about industry, about mission, about that engagement with community that cannabis naturally has. And the more I learn about this, the more I'm, uh, I grew proud to be part of this, and part of this team, and deliver. And would not that go beyond just being a just tech company, even though I think this is a fantastic tech shop. But mission and outreach and health and empathy level to to a lot of injustice that happen in the uh, in the minority communities just overwhelming. It's, I can talk about this a lot, but this is just something I'm proud of and I'm proud of to be in team and I've been there for over two years and I think this is the best company ever worked at. So there's, you know, there's a couple of ways we can go with this conversation and I want to go all of the ways, <laughs> but first we'll, first we'll start with like, what is Weed Maps? Like, what does it do? Because I, you know, I don't personally partake. I'm, uh, you know, but I'm a super advocate. It just so happens I actually am allergic to all parts of the plant. I can't even do, you know, CBD oil um, or even hemp. But I am, you know, such an advocate for its health benefits because I, I've known several people that have actually benefited from the medicinal properties. But what what is Weed Maps? Like, what does it do? Because I couldn't explain that. So this is an opportunity for myself to learn as well as the audience. Oh, great question. Absolutely. So uh, Weed Maps is, I'm, I'm thinking how to describe it in more, uh, like, it's just simpler way. Because you're like in the so, back end, like you, you're like. Yeah, I'm the back end. Yeah. <laughs> so like I need you to put your front end cap on and your user, your user experience, your UX UI cap, and let's like, what is Weed Maps, Victoria? So it's a place. It's a place where it brings a lot of retailers that specific in the cannabis business, like dispensaries, doctors, delivery services and consumers together. So if you want to learn more about cannabis, you want to find products, you want to look at reviews, you want to see how you can get it to your home or go pick something up and educate yourself, whether you're just new user or you've been used, uh, used to cannabis, that, that's the place you go. But that's beyond that. So this is one portion, how, that's how business started. <clears throat> and, Excuse me, we've been in the business for since 2008, so it, it's a long, long journey. That's how business started, but now it grew beyond that. It grew to really be a comprehensive solution for cannabis businesses. We have B2B platform, business-to-business platform that provides points of sales, reporting, integration. So anything you need to run the business in this particular area is provided. And because cannabis companies still struggle with with limitation of resources, because legalization is still ongoing in a lot of places. Yeah. And this is not, we are providing a lot of 
uh, resources to be successful for the companies who are in this business and businesses, as well as consumers can connect and create that bridging connection between consumers and businesses. So that's nutshell of the business model. But outside of business model, I think you 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 said yeah you have never tried cannabis, but this is what I'm well I didn't say about. I never tried it. <laughs> I did not inhale. <laughs> I did not inhale. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, for, for the record, because it is legal, uh, I can admit that I have tried it. I'm just allergic and I am an advocate for its use, but I can't, I, but I can't, I can't imbibe. So, um, but yes, I do. I do know the. I do know the medicinal properties. <laughs> medicinal properties. Also, look. If you like, even don't don't believe in the product. If you believe for freedom of choice, that we as 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 a human beings as as a consumer should be able to choose what we want to consume, what we don't want to consume. This is this is part of the mission: freedom of choice, equality. Uh, making products available to people who need that, you know, like it, it has medicinal pro- properties, it's, it's natural, it, it has so much benefit to it. And I think there's so much beyond our mission and beyond our empowerment of the cannabis industry that everyone can relate to that. Well, half of America anyway. <laughs> With where we're at now, which is a great segue. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm like, like, you know, you're you're mentioning freedom of choice. You're mentioning equality, which, you know, of course, 100% I'm behind. But, you know, we are living in an incredibly volatile, hostile, aggressive world right now. I mean, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Um, that some of us are taking seriously, right? And of course, you know, the industry, every industry is changing. But how do you see, you know, the cannabis industry changing? And also, how do you feel that companies are responding to these changes? You know, does it impact leadership? Does it impact teams? I know that's a lot, but, you know, they're all connected. So how, how are you seeing this shape up? Yeah, that's uh, that's excellent question, and I'm gonna answer that in part. So, uh, cannabis is naturally to start with. It's a business that inherited in um, with social very connected to social justice because cannabis inherited in the uh, communities and people of color being disproportionately impacted. Yep. Overall, uh, with uh, in that business and. Uh, Well, because we see black and brown communities, you know, black and brown individuals who are still sitting in jail for selling marijuana, right? Absolutely. And that's exactly where Widmark came in and took the stand, even before pandemic, even before escalation of the recent events, where we launched social equity programs. Which, which allow us to partner with organizations like NWCP, ACLU, Equality Federation, and work with providing the tools and 
to, to help businesses to open up and uh, supporting a lot of businesses, but also really focusing on equality and justice. We have legal team on the ground continuously working with government on all those issues. So this is something that I absolutely admire about our company because we just take a very strong stance and we always try to support people who are disproportionately impacted by war on drugs and all the history of the cannabis, especially in the black and brown community. So that's that that portion. Second one is you ask how we right now responding to different events. Yeah, it's time times couldn't have been uh, more challenging. Yeah. And with all the movements, with all the um, difficulties, COVID alone, who hit and impacted a lot of businesses, a lot of families and generated a lot of uncertainty and fears, you know, some many people lost their jobs, they don't know how to pay their rents or mortgages. A lot of families go through that tough time and I think we get lucky because we still have a job and we, we are operating as a business. But most importantly, I think this time, let us focus on the empathy. Yes. Empathy. Be, become more empathetic so you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what maybe they worry about family members getting sick. Yep. Maybe they worry about income coming in. And there's so much in people's minds that I think like creating closer communication, creating a better understanding what people are going through, empathize with their situation, it's become by far more important now than ever. And that's how I think adjustments within the company started happening and shifting more that way, even more than before. Well, because and this, what this has done is it's, you know, all of the experiences that we're dealing with as humans, you know, not just a global pandemic, but, you know, we're seeing, you know, black and brown people getting killed by the police. We're we're watching protests happen daily. We're seeing destruction. We're seeing, you know, death. We're seeing uncertainty. You know, we're we're seeing jobs uh, being lost. We're seeing businesses closing. I mean, it is an, this is a time where we are absolutely being called to, if you don't understand empathy, you're learning it now, you know, um, to be there for each other because we are in this together. And it is such a, a challenging time, not just for, you know, individuals, but just in within communities, you know, small businesses are getting crushed, dreams are being lost. And this is such a challenging time. And I think bus- businesses have an opportunity to meet, meet the communities where, where they are, right? We should be thinking, uh, you know, all the way through our it, when we're creating our businesses, when we're operating, you know, in corporate policy and corporate culture, that we're being mindful of these communities always. Is that something yeah. that you feel, you know, um, that that Weed Maps brings to the table and that you um, also inspire within your teams? Absolutely. We- Really, really, you, you hit the nail in the head. Equality, inclusiveness, diversity. I think this is this is a key where you have to build your teams where it has to be in the core of your company culture. You have to live and breathe that. And 
if company does not propagate that, I think it's just um, they're missing out. They're missing yeah. out on so many great things that can be done. They're missing out on changes and positive movements that can be achieved with that. And I feel like with maps, it's all about those three things. And I will add empathy to that. Empathy, equality, diversity, and inclusiveness. And even our company statement, like when we talk about what is our mission as a company, how we want to position ourselves, our statement says, to power, transform, and inclusive global cannabis economy. Inclusive is a part of our mission statement. And that propagates through entire company, and that is propagates through starting with leadership, so all the way down to individual contributors. And I feel like we've always been that. It's not we've started to become to adjust to recent changes, or we did that for publicity reasons or anything else. We've always been that. This is this is the core in our company. I love it. Like, I think for those of you who are listening, who, who are wanting to take a page out of this book and need like core values to like <laughs> add to your mission statements, I think we just gave you some great values to get behind because like those are absolutely perfect. I'm going to find more ways that we can even include those in, you know, our programs, um, because th- those kinds of values, especially empathy now, you know, is where we're at today. Grace and empathy are two core values that I really believe in. And um, so I'm excited to see more companies live from that space. And now it's time for today's Pioneering Women segment. Today's pioneering woman is Antonia Nabello. Nabello is a Puerto Rican-born physician and public official. In 1990, she was appointed as the first woman in Hispanic to serve as the United States Surgeon General. As Surgeon General, Nabello focused on the health of young people, women, and minorities. She issued reports and spoke out on underage drinking, smoking, drug abuse, AIDS, childhood immunization, and injury prevention. Antonia improved healthcare for Hispanics and other minorities. She left the post of Surgeon General in 1993 and became a representative for the United Nations Children's Fund, where she continued to address women's and children's health issues, working to eliminate nutritional problems such as iodine deficiency and to prevent substance abuse. Thank you for your pioneering contributions, Antonia Novello. So we're back and I I feel like we've just like went around the world with you on, you know, a journey from Ukraine to the Bay Area to Orange County. So yeah, we are, you know, we are having to work remotely. So how do you lead your team remote? It's I mean, it's it's certainly a challenge for me. I, I like want to pull my hair out. So like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, some of these people I, I have never met. Um, so how, how do you lead a team, you know, remotely? And what are the challenges you face? And have there been any, like, blessings in disguise? Yeah, I think uh, that's a great question. It's, um, it's, it's clearly the 
cannot just walk in and have face-to-face conversation with someone and sometimes you know like as a leader you just walk the floors and you uh, you you see little conversations here and there you read body languages you pick up so much information being in the office rather than being remote that that's of course a challenge there however i think uh, naturally software is a business that can be done remote and uh, we're lucky that way. And uh, I think most importantly is to set more clear expectations of deliverable deadlines, expected work quality with the team, making sure that checkpoints are more frequent and uh, you connect with people more. You start getting conversation, hey, how? How's, how's your life, you know, like what's going on? You learn more about their environment because now their work environment is at home. And with COVID, in addition to the fact that we're working remote, some people have to be like professionals during the daytime, teachers at, at evening, they have kids, they have families, they have to manage all of this uneasiness, and it's a lot, it's overwhelming. So I think the more you learn about individual people, day like how does it look for you what is it, what is your challenges the more you connect the more you empathize with what they're going through the better connection comes in the better communication comes in and uh, I think that is very very key to success here so very very be engaged more than before communicate and over communicate and empathize don't or just be open-minded about maybe people have something to they're dealing with right now that you don't realize and help them through that so they they're they're focused and they're productive they effective uh, as, as they used to be more and in some cases our productivity went up which is which is because people don't have commute they have more time to 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 work and that that is a plus and another i think silver lining was like i learned so much more about my team like like I would, I would say like personal life and what's going on in their in their homes you know like with their families and it allows us to establish closer connection and easier yeah. communication and i think it seems like even when they communicate with each other they, they they're exposed to so much more right now that i think it's actually created more aligned and more bonded teams yeah, I mean, I imagine like it, it has created a, a, a space for vulnerability too to exist because like, you know, when we're all feeling, you know, pressure, there's a lot of grief, there's, you know, there's a lot of mental health uh, challenges happening as well. Like we're all triggered. So, you know, there are times where we just can't show up or be our best. I know like I've never been more vulnerable in my entire life with my team and not just with my team, even with my interns who are like, you know, you're supposed to be setting an example for, and sometimes you're just like, I just hit a wall and you, and, and for me, it actually has created an opportunity for even more respect and more productivity, as you mentioned, um, because it's like, there's this bond and there's this sense of like, we are in this together and we have to somehow get to the other side together and make something successful. So that has also been a silver lining for us as well. Um, So one more question. Would you take the easy road 
or the road less traveled and why? Me, never. Uh, I would not take either road because um, something in me always believed that I need to define my own path. I need to define my own way of thinking. I need to decide what's right and wrong for me. Not because someone told me or because many people believe the same thing. And that's probably why immigration itself is not an easy path. Moving from place to place is not an easy path. Uh, being just authentic to my own beliefs is not an easy path. Sometimes I have to just say, hey, people can disagree with me. People can disagree with me or have opinions, have opinions, but this is what I believe is right and what is right for me. And I stick to that. And that's not an easy path. And easy path, um, it's not something I took in my life. And sometimes I did have self-doubt. I'm like, why am I always making it so hard for myself? Why am I choosing this difficult road? And sometimes it's like either you do things that are easy or you do things that are right. And I think those are sometimes have to be different. And uh, I do put myself through that because over time I realized, hey, I put myself through that because I crave the learning that comes from that thought. Whatever, whatever it takes, everything in my life is what I need to be. My life is perfect and I have to learn from every single situation that comes in my way and I have to grow from it and I have to heal myself from that. So it's consistent growth, healing, uh, being, and uh, and being more centered and more peaceful and complete within yourself. And I think this is like a difficult path is a journey to yourself. Yes, you are your own north. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I I just want to like hit repeat. <laughs> to that to that passage like over and over when this podcast like drops I'm definitely going to hit repeat so that I can hear it over and over because it's so important to remember that you don't have to follow anyone else's beliefs or trajectory or even accept the the slam doors or the challenges in front of you like you can still be your own north and learn from your journey all along the way. Oh, I love that. That's so good, Victoria. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's like, I think we're the human beings. We're so amazing. Each one of us in every different way. You know, each one of us has different talents. Each one of us has different abilities. It's just, and all of it is unique and amazing. And, once we accept that and believe in that, that's where we can take hard way and just learn more about ourselves. Yes. Well, we all are amazing, and you are amazing. Are. <laughs> you are amazing. Oh, oh my God, I'm so grateful to be here, and I cannot thank you enough for an opportunity to have this conversation and have our connection and. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely, Victoria. I look forward to continuing to be in each other's orbit, to be friends, to make an impact together, and have you on the show again, because this was probably one of my favorite conversations so far. I really appreciate you being here. Likewise. I'm I'm very honored. Totally. Absolutely. More conversation, more good time, more topics. Yeah. And more, more connections. Thank you so much for being here, innovators. We'll see you next week when we take on the world one more time. <laughs>